after the three F's, free forward flowing, is established, then I go to that whole idea of stacking the horse up, yielding from my inside aids, and being able to bend them as well as straighten them into my outside aids. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn the secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. You'll find the date for the original recording in the show notes. And now, here's JJ. Hope you guys all are ready to talk about the warm-up. So I am really passionate about this. And there's like a couple videos in the Academy. So for, for those of you who are in the Academy... It is going to be a repeat because I have said this for the last like 20 years about the warm up. But before we get into that, I do want to just thank everyone, all of our new members. We got like 122 new members in the academy, and I just want to say welcome to everyone. And we're up to 600 people now, and that's just like. Amazing news. I mean, I thank everyone who helped share and spread the joy and yeah, recruit new members. So we're so happy to have new people and fresh blood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's just, uh, it's so exciting. Like, this has totally become like my calling, and I'm so happy to share it with everybody. Would you like to learn to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study groups called the Tackroom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to find links to join our monthly Zoom meetings, purchase mini courses and live stream replays, and of course, join the wait list for the next open enrollment. Right topic is the warm-up and again I'm really passionate about this because there are just so many times that a whole ride can kind of be a little bit wrecked and ruined if the time is not totally taken in the warm-up and like we can go on and on about so many things and there I just loved it I just checked team Tate TV and I love all the comments I will read them all we will talk about them all 
and like warming up at horse shows is going to be a totally separate talk because this is just like a regular, a regular warm up. Like, what do you look for every single day? And I know I already have, I already, I know I have already two warm, two warm up videos in the academy. One is with Fiji, which I'll get into, and one is with Gideon because I mean, you know, Gideon's perfect. So of course he's my he's my perfect warm up horse, but it is so important and it's so easy to just kind of not do, and that comes back to like bite you in the bum, you know. And like halfway through your ride, you're like, why is this not going great? And so many times it was like, well, I didn't focus enough, or take enough time, or slow down or connect to my horse because the warm up is something that is huge. So we want to, and then Richard just said no one wants or should want to win the warm up. Also true, but it is also really important to have a winning warm up. You know, not that you're amazing before the test even starts. But again, we're going to talk about competitions and warming up and creating a positive experience for your horse, that can be a totally different chat. And again, I loved all the comments. We will talk about all the things. But tonight, I really want to just tackle just your regular warm up. You know, it's becoming springtime and everyone's going to be able to like walk outside and do things because at the end of the day, one of the biggest priorities for my program and my horses is a 20 minute walk. Everyone needs to walk, walk, walk. <laughs> and I think I say it exactly like that in the Academy videos because, uh, I mean, it is so important. This time to walk with your horse is really important on a lot of levels. Number one, it's really great to lubricate the joints. It's really great to oxygenate the muscles. For me, it's really important. I ride a lot of horses every day. And so it's really important for me to connect on an individual level with that horse. I mean, this is exactly the same reason why at horse shows, I braid my own horses. Like that for me is really important to connect with that horse. I'm really sensitive to energy. So for me to spend that time walking with that horse, and just feeling, you know, where its mind is at, where his body's at. Is it a Tuesday, which is our day after the day off? It does he feel stiff? Does he feel fresh? Is he excited about the work? Is he like not that excited about the work? So for me, it's a great gauge on where are we at today. For me, in the morning, when I'm sort of like on my first and second horse. That's also a check-in for my own body. Like, how am I today? Like, oh, did I did I sleep uh, weird? Is my hip tight? Is my back okay? Oh, I feel like a kink in my neck. Um, I think it's important to really be aware of your own body too, because at the end of the day, that is our vehicle to communicate with the horse and. If we're accidentally too tight or stiff or even unaware of what we're doing, we are transferring that to the horse. And I think that's really important to also pay attention to that too. 
So again, you know, walking for 15, 20 minutes is really important. Sometimes I do some of that in hand. Sometimes my girls do that. Uh, if I'm running behind, I, I want my horses moving and walking and stretching out, you know, accepting the saddle, tightening the girth, um, so that everything is done really slowly and gradually. I think that's really important as well. But that time for the horse and the rider to just drop into each other, like we need to connect and be as one and where are each of us at? I think that's really important. So that for me is part of that walking time. Then the question comes up, what kind of walking, right? Like some horses, and I have like all kinds in my barn. And uh, I think over this weekend, we'll do a little tour and introduce you to all the horses in our barn because they're all totally different. We have Grand Prix horses, we have international Grand Prix horses. We have rescue horses. I got a wonderful 20-year-old Morgan who's like stolen my heart. We got, and we got everything in between. Young horses, normal horses, older horses, schoolmasters, young. We got all, all the kinds. And each one of them have a little bit different warm-up. So Darby, for instance, or Gideon, like they're Grand Prix, they're trained, they know their job. They love to walk around the path. They like to, you know, venture around the property, look around, see all the interesting things in Loxahatchee. <laughs> and, you know, I have an, an Apollo. He also loves to do that. He likes to take a tour for sure. And, you know, there are other horses that are slightly frightened <laughs> by you know, overwhelmed by what's happening at the neighbor's house sometimes. And so like Summer was one of those horses. I know Summer retired before I started the academy. So not all of you know my heart horse, Summersby, who is the most beautiful, amazing, wonderful red lady who I trained to Grand Prix and then she had an injury and now is retired. She hated hacking out. She loved loved, loved the arena. She loved to work. She loves to just do the things. She loves structure. Like free and open was like not her thing. And so I think it's also important to know what each horse likes and what benefits each horse. Again, some like to walk around in the buckle, look around, see the world. Um, Apollo is actually hilarious because if I let him just walk around in the buckle, he is brave and like maybe he'll stop and like look at stuff, but he will then like, if I don't pressure him to go, he will just go and look at it, walk past it. It won't be a thing. If I take up my reins and I'm like, you need to go past this. And he's like totally freaked out. So it's interesting, like what pressure sort of does. And if I let him just look at it and go around, he's totally fine. Summer needed to never look at anything. She needed to just not see things and go to work and then she would be really well behaved. So they're all different. But my point of this is you have to know like who your horse is and what benefits their, their body the most. Some horses just need to walk free and loose and easy and find their swing and get to relax and see their environment. And that's helpful for them. Then you have to decide 
does any type of lateral work help my horse? I find it can be extremely beneficial. And I know when Stefan got on my horses, <laughs> he did a lot of lat he did a lot of like shaping the horse and moving the horse around and checking the controls. And I love that before we get into a lot of trot, you know. I think if you again come to the ride really present and ask your horse, how are you today? Where are you today? Can you bend a little bit more to the right? And if that's difficult, I think it's important to be able to figure out what kind of exercise, even at the walk, could I do to help that horse come through that space a bit better? Um, and so I do think it's always a fascinating conversation of like, which horses benefit from lateral work at the walk? What horses I absolutely never, ever, ever touch the walk because it's kind of a tricky spot. And other horses who want to walk on the buckle and then go right away into rising trot from there. So I think it's about knowing your horse's personality and truly understanding the weaknesses and strengths in their bodies and making your plan from there. Um, again, it's interesting. Like we, we always kind of laugh about this in the barn that like, if you were to come at 1030 and see me ride this horse, you would say, Oh, JJ always stretches them way down and does this. And then if you came at like 430, you'd be like, it was really weird. She was riding this horse and she didn't stretch him down like at all. Like, I don't think she stretches her horses in the beginning. And it's interesting because at the end of the day, for me, I know my horses so well and I truly honor who they are and I understand their body and their temperament and I cultivate that the best I can. So like in the academy, Fiji, uh, there's a video called Honoring Your Horse. And for Fiji, stretching him down was not a good idea. He would have been lame and he never would have made it to the high success that he had because he just would have been like on the forehand and like kind of sloppy footed. And Gideon is like a textbook example of how to truly stretch that horse and let him pull his neck out of his back and really bow up the bascule and connect the hind legs to the bit in a long frame. So that's really important. Again, we can go into lunging. I have a young horse. He needs to get lunged every day or I might eat some dirt. So that's always great for him. And you always, and we'll go over lunging and a whole nother topic for sure. But I want to talk a little bit about when I get past the walking phase. Again, walk, 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 tons of walk. Some horses I have need some groundwork. Denali, every day. My new horse, Ivar, he also needs some groundwork. Just to work on the connection from the hock to the bit and bowing up the back and, and understanding a little bit about how to truly connect properly. Any horse I have 
with a little bit of a weird um, tongue thing or like a nervous mouth, I will also do some groundwork with them too, just to help them learn to accept the bit and connect a little bit better. And I see khakis on here too. Oh, and my mom. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the most important things I look for in my warm-up, and I talk about this in Gideon's warm-up in the academy, is the three Fs. Free, forward, and flowing. What's really important for me is that first my horses feel very free. And that doesn't mean like I chuck the reins at their at their neck and then just like run around totally loose. But I want my horses to feel really free, unconstrained by my weight, unconstrained by my presence in the saddle, my hands on their mouth. I want the horse to not only be free in their body, but free in their mind. And I want them to accept me as a partner to them and and not feel like constrained by me being up there. Um, of course, I want to shape how they're using themselves for sure. But uh, this freedom of movement um, and the freedom of the horse moving in a regular like relaxed way. You know, I, I a lot of times call it like I want their natural gates to come out um in the warm up. And of course, like a Grand Prix horse starts completely normal and ends up really special, and a 4 or 5 year old starts normal also and then just gets a little bit better improved normal, you know? But, uh, it, you know, the Grand Prix horse at the end of the warm-up is passaging and piaffing and all those things. But it really starts from this free, forward flowing. And so, again, this freedom of, of freedom of movement, freedom in the horse's back and the hips, uh, in the horse's mouth, um, that the horse really feels like I come with him, with his spirit, and not me, like, you know, like over-controlling it. So let me go to the forward part because it's also really important that the horse, horses love motion. Horses are made to move. They only sleep like three hours a day. Like they are to be moving all the time. And so you want the horse to want to celebrate that and you want to be a custodian of that. So not only does a horse need to be free, but they also need to be forward and allowed to express themselves forward. So a lot of times we talk about not only does the horse need to be taking you forward, he also needs to be forward as a state of mind. And so if the horse, you know, is not thinking forward, then that's when I will drive it forward and really get it um, taking me somewhere. You know, that the horse really responds to my leg, um, opens up the back feels like they fill up my contact in a positive way and sort of like express themselves outward in their body. So then after that, we get to the flow part. And this is, you know, like not one of the Fs is more important than the other because the flow for me is what makes my, like when I do a test at a horse show, that's what makes it very connected and fluid and smooth. 
is this flow part. And I, I really go back to the whole idea of balance. For me, balance and connection are like the most important things. And so it's so important that the horse can flow from one bend to another, from one gate to another, and the balance isn't disturbed. And so when we talk about the free forward flowing, that for me is the most important part of my warm up that I know when I have those things, my horse is ready to really then have a little break, probably have a sugar or a sugar free cookie, depending on who they are. Um, and then really get into the deeper work. But those three F's for me are extremely uh, high priority for me. And you know, with a young horse, because I've got a bunch of those this year, and I'm really glad that Poinciana has uh, one arena with a very high fence <laughs> because it makes me feel like I've, it's a very big space, but I need a little bit higher fence sometimes. <laughs> and like for those horses, you know, really creating an organized free forward and flow, like that sort of becomes their ride. Like they just become a better free forward flowing horse by the end of the ride. You know, it's not like I'm actually working on some really technical, difficult maneuver. It's like, I just want you to know horse at four and five years old, that this is how I need you to begin every riding session for the rest of your life. You know, like it's so fun down here in Wellington because we're very connected to our German friends. And, you know, it's just like, we always talk about like, it's just normal, straightforward riding. Like we talk about that all the time. Like there's no real, like weird stuff going on or like, you know, fancy stuff. It's like just basic normal riding. Like it's just good riding. And for me, that really stems into that ability in my warm up to create this free forward flowing horse. I think it's also really interesting for the rider in their warm up to be fully present and like really here which is hard because like nowadays in this culture, it's easy to check your eye, you know, your iPhone on your watch and like, what's everybody doing and what's happening? And oh, I'm late for my lesson or like, Ugh. like we're always like running behind time. And it's important to just like, just settle down and feel yourself and feel your horse. Like horses are so sensitive to where you're at. And um, like in my interview with Patrick King, we talk about the horse's energy field. Like horses know storms are coming hours before any of us know. And like they're just so sensitive to that kind of energy. So like wherever you are, it's going to be really important that you just settle into yourself, feel your body, feel how it connects to the horse and feel him and feel his body and feel, you know, what, what rain is a little bit easier to bend him or, 
Is he easier to circle to the one way versus the other way? And then make a little plan that helps make what's tight or stiff or res resistant, you know, make a little plan with some exercises then to help that horse through that. Because I don't know about you, but when I wake in the, up in the morning, like I am just, I, I mean, I've got my own stiffnesses and my old history of injuries and tightnesses. And, you know, if I'm at a horse show, so for me, I'm like the best on my third horse. <laughs> so like, I know a lot of you only ride one horse a day. So how do we deal with that? Like, I finally feel like whew, I am in my body and I am just like loosened up by like my third horse of the day. And then there's like eight more that have to come after that. <laughs> um, so God bless Gideon because he's the first one every morning. <laughs> but it's important to like work on your own weaknesses too. Like I have a yoga mat. I stretch in the morning before I go to the barn. The girls know at the barn, I'm always like busy stretching and doing some weird things with my body. Um, but I know my body and I know where my tightnesses are and I know what needs to be loose in order to give my best performance to that horse as well. Yes, Angela, everyone should buy more horses. <laughs> um, Gideon is the first for me because he's the best. No, I'm just kidding. I actually have this funny thing in my stable that like every horse I ride, I tell them that they're the best horse in the world. Um, so I hope they don't all talk to each other about that because they'd be like, that girl lies. She told me I was the best one. <laughs> But no, I mean, I want that horse to feel when I am on it. They are the most important thing to me and I love them and I want to know all about them and I want to help them become better. But Gideon is first off the most amazing tempered horse ever. So it doesn't matter if it's cold, doesn't matter if it's windy, it doesn't matter if he's the only horse on the property out there like Giddy comes to work every day. And um, I love the way my saddle and my seat, I fit on him really great, even though he's, you know, the super pony. I, I feel myself really well on him. So he's quite easy on my body. And I have an old rupture uh, in my L5. So I need to be a little bit careful if I'm not warmed up to take too much pressure or movement in that area. So I stretch all the time. And then getting is always my first horse because he's um, perfect. <laughs> but that's so helpful for me to like warm up on that easier horse. If I have to start on a horse that's not so easy to sit, or um, I only have that one horse, like I would 100% make a routine for my body with some yoga that I would probably do 15 to 20 minutes um, before I start grooming that horse. Because just as the horse needs to stretch and be elastic and be present for the work phase, so do we as riders. And so I would challenge everyone to figure out like, 
where am I tight? And like, does my tightness affect my horses? And how does that happen? You know, I think it's so important that we, you know, we always have this thing of like, well, it's always the rider's fault, right? The horse is, um, you know, an amazing animal and we're blessed to even be up there. And so how can I in myself do it better? And so I think that's about really, I mean, I also think everybody should work out and truly know your body, what's strong, what's weak. What side is stronger? What side is weaker? And to know also that when you have a weaker side, that doesn't mean that that's painful for you. It just means it's difficult and needs a little bit more work. You know, a lot of times it's easy to have the vet come and fix something and maybe he needs an injection or whatever. But it's like, well, yeah, but like when I stand on my right leg and do some exercises, it feels very different than when I stand on my left leg. And that doesn't mean my ankle needs to get injected. That just means I need to work that structure a little bit more. So I would also challenge everybody to, you know, think about that as well. And what kind of exercises you can do to help that horse. I would say a couple of the I would say a couple of my most favorite warm-up exercises would be turn on the forehand <laughs> because, you know, if I am going around a circle and I feel that the horse is a little bit braced up against my inside leg and a little bit like mm, pulling on the contact a little bit and I'm like, Ick, I don't like this feeling in my hand, I will just automatically walk, yield the horse off my inside leg fire up the horse's inside hind leg and fire up my own leg a little bit more, make sure my body is in a balanced place so I can gently send that horse to my outside rein so that I can continue back on a circle and have that horse connected inside leg, outside rein. I also want to talk about the plie tonight because I saw a couple of people who needed a little bit of a clarification on that. And for me, it's interesting because I love the canter plie. And I would say I use it from everybody from Freddie, who's my baby Freddie. He's coming five, but he kind of rides like he's four. Um, he needs the high fence. <laughs> but he's been great. It's been a really big season for him growing up and seeing everything and you know, there's a lot of excitement at the barn and he's been great. Um, but for him, he's just learning to balance in that canter and connect from my inside leg to my outside rein. And he's a little bit afraid of the, um, of the flowers and stuff that are by the arena. So like, that's great for me to be able to press him from my inside leg over to the outside rein in that leg yield in the canter quarter line to the track which is called a plie. It really feels like you're sort of just like drifting out. You want to allow the horse to lead slightly with their outside shoulder because if you send the hind legs too much sideways, the horse is going to trot. Uh, I talk about this also in the academy that 
if you have a horse that has canteritis and won't stop cantering, we send it in a pretty sharp leg yield to break up the canter. So you want to make sure in the plie, you sort of allow the horse to drift nicely over through the outside shoulder towards the track. So it almost feels like a drift, but it's really good for horses that tend to be tight in the low back and the hips because the the oscillation of the horse's low back and hips and canter is easier for the horse. And then with the gentle yielding, it sort of like shakes the horse loose uh, in the low back, which I which I really like. So I would say I also use that for Gideon, who's Grand Prix. I use that for Montana. Uh, Apollo has to do a lot of moving around because he needs to work on his suppleness. So it's interesting about this plie. Um, and for me, I just want to always create that I have the horse's attention from my inside leg. I want to be able to yield the horse softly through my inside aids and gently receive him into my outside aids. And I would say I have a driving inside calf, sending the inside hind leg under my inside seat bone. I want a soft flexion through the inside jowl. And I want the horse to fill up my outside knee and my outside elbow and ring finger. And so that's what I feel when I do that plie. That's what I'm sort of seeking. And then if the horse is like, you know, taking advantage and just like, whoop, like running back to the track, then I will do a couple steps and support him with my outside leg and make sure at the end of the day, what all lateral work is about is making the horse go more straight. And so this ability to stack the horse up between all of the aids is really important. So we don't want him to flee the, the leg. And we don't want them to like run away from the leg. We want the horse to be really stacked up and, and rideable on both sides of their body. But for me, the first channel I go to is to be able to yield the horse through the inside aids over to the outside aids. So that's another piece of after the three F's, free forward flowing is established, then I go to that whole idea of stacking the horse up, yielding from my inside aids, and being able to bend them as well as straighten them into my outside aids. So I hope that's clear. I just want to have a little toast. Cheers to a thoughtful concentrated like it has to be full of integrity these warm-ups because at the end of the day you you're going to be dealing with a lot of other things in the middle of your ride and the end of the ride if the warm-up wasn't great like for me the warm-up is the foundation and we really want to make sure that that is built right so that the rest of the things can come to you a little bit easier. So I hope you guys found this helpful. Sorry I was late. And I hope you guys make it a great night. And I will see you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their rides too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcasts. Once there, take the next step towards joining JJ's new generation of classical riders by signing up for our mailing list. And we'll say thanks by sending you a special gift, your own copy of JJ's ebook, Riding Your Horse Sound, a comprehensive guide to developing a healthy and happy dressage partner. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.